just looking at the same event from a different perspective and realizing what is and what is not in your control is an extremely powerful perspective to have. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Duel the Day. I'm Nico. And I'm Tyler. And today we're going to be talking about letting go of what we can't control. Don't forget to stay tuned to the end of the podcast where we'll be calling out our Duel of the Day, where we tie in our podcast topic to a call to action for our listeners. And first thing we usually like to do is go over the previous week's Duel of the Day. We had asked everyone to do a gratitude journal, and uh, we want to hear your comments on how it went. And from for me personally, I instantly noticed something as I was writing it. I was like, just a feeling of connection to those around me, maybe a greater appreciation of some of the smaller things that, that are in my life. And uh, I know we were trying to do it before we went to bed. Uh, to see how it affected sleep, but yeah. I, uh, I, for me, I don't know. Maybe I had too much stuff rolling through my head. Um, the jur- so I don't the think jury's still sleep. out on that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I can definitely see it, especially if you <clears throat> if you do it enough throughout your day to day and just practice gratitude on a regular basis. I think that over time you'd probably notice a reduction in stress levels, and you probably would have an easier time going to sleep, but. Um, I didn't experience that. Did what did you what did you have happen? Yeah, I I like I said, jury's still out on the whole sleep thing because <laughs> yeah. I I think it would be really interesting to compare it on our our Whoop recovery scores and how you know maybe there's a difference in deep sleep or REM sleep or just how long it takes you to fall asleep. I don't know something there. So I'd like to really be able to pay attention to it for a full like i don't know i feel like you need to at least have two weeks weeks, at least two yeah i agree because there's i feel like there's too many variables that happen whether you worked super hard one day and just had a huge strain or whatever the case may be but in terms of the actual gratitude journal it was i mean the the ones that i've done so far been been great you know like we talked about it's you get to double dip on the feeling. You get that feeling of gratitude about something that you did at one point in, in your life or last week or even that day, and you write it down again, and you get that feeling again. Or if you're just trying to work on not taking people for granted or opportunities for granted or just feeling that you have the right to everything in your life because you don't, you have to work for that every day and being able to rewrite that down again or write it down for the first time, it it makes you appreciate it more. And, and you, like I said, you get that emotion again, which I think I is, totally agree. I think that's like the most important, important part and how you can maintain that habit of doing that is you actually get something immediately. You get some immediate gratification there, which Usually with a lot of habits, you don't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I also noticed as I was writing some stuff that I would honestly forget about small things mm. that I just maybe took for granted or forgot that, that I, I don't know, I just wasn't appreciating it. So having something where you took a couple minutes to write something down, I think would keep a lot of those smaller things front of mind and just help you practice gratitude on a, on a more regular basis. So 
yeah. definitely want to hear uh, how everyone did with the gratitude journal. If you haven't started it, give it a try. Uh, definitely try it for a couple of days and see if you notice a difference. And if you want to go kind of crazy like Tyler and I are thinking about doing, do it for a couple of weeks and see if it affects your sleep. Yeah. And, um, and check ours out at social media it's at dual the day for Twitter mm-hmm. or the Twitter sphere, as I sometimes like to call it. Yep. And then I don't know if you'll be posting those on Instagram as well. If if you're if anyone's feeling stuck or needs somewhere to uh, a little bit of guidance to start, that's a good place to look. Yep, absolutely. Well, since we know your time is valuable, let's get right into this one. Um, letting go of what we can't control is something that I I personally have really tried to implement in my life, and. I just get a little personal with everyone here and I, I was bullied when I was younger and I definitely think that that affected me later on in life. But I eventually got to a point where I realized that the past does not define me or my future. Mm-hmm. It only is the past. It happened. And sure, it, it maybe influenced me, helped me see the world in a different way or have a different perspective about how I trust people. But at the same time, that is not who I am. I am not the bullied one or whatever. Um, and, and learning to let that go is very difficult, but it is so worth it. Um, and I think where we can kind of start to look at some of these events is in our recent history. So what I like to try and do is think about the past week. And maybe think about something that you struggled with at work or an issue that you had with a family member or just something that was out of your control that negatively impacted your day. If you can isolate those events, think about them and then say, okay, they happened. I'm going to learn from this, let it go and move on. I think that that reduces stress. That helps you just move forward and, and it gives you more motivation uh, to get get along with your goals. Uh, and it's, it's super powerful. Uh, I feel like more people could do that on a regular basis and they would just, they would see subtle changes in their life. So I think the other question that comes up with that, that is important to point out whenever you're looking about the past week is, did you actually have direct control over that stuff? Um, I'd, was speaking with a, a friend recently and and they were talking about how we came across the or they they had an anniversary for a friend that passed away mm-hmm. and they were talking about how they felt sad in the morning and they you know didn't want to do some of the stuff that that they wanted to do and everything and listen there is nothing wrong with mourning there is nothing wrong with wishing someone was still here with us Yep. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that death is a natural part of life. And what I tried to get the other person to realize was focus on all of the positive memories that you have with that person. No one is forcing you to be sad. No one is forcing you to feel down on yourself. And and I would be willing to bet that if you feel that strongly about the person, you could probably write down 10 things that are amazing memories with that person that would give you more motivation and I don't know, more power in your, in your day to day. Um, and so just looking at the same event from a different perspective and realizing what is and what is not in your control 
is an extremely powerful perspective to have. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, they call it a celebration of life for a reason, not a death party, yeah. right? Yep. It, <laughs> I mean, that's as like you said, as much as it as it sucks, it's important to write down those positive things or at least remember those positive memories. You're not going to think about all of the crappy things that happened to you either because of this person or with this person or things that that person went through. You're thinking about how they made you feel throughout the time that they were alive. And Mm -hmm. most of those things are always going to have a positive impact on you. And all you need to do is, to your point, is look at it with the, the perspective of this is what this person's life taught me. And for that reason, A, their life is not wasted. Yes, they may have gone too soon for some, in some cases, but mm-hmm. they have made a lasting impact. And as long as you remember that and can channel that, there's no reason to be perpetually mournful over a loss because at that point you aren't doing or you aren't exuding any of the things that they taught you or that you learned from them and their life. And therefore now you're wasting it. So yeah, sounds a little harsh. (laughs) It, it does to a lot of people, but at the same time, I wanted to add something to that because a, I 100% agree with what you just said, but I think the other important thing to remember is that we all have to go through mourning. There is no going around it. You can't skip over it. You have to go through it. You have to cry. You have to remember all of the times that you spent with them. You have to wish that they were still here with you. And then again, you have to let it go. Uh, every, All of those emotions that you hold inside are not going to create – like physically create the person in front of you again. They, they're not going to come back. Now, their spirit will be with you. Their – Yep. The memories that you shared together will be with you, and that's the key part to take away from it. Uh, but you have to, you do have to go through mourning. Um, and the only thing that I would say from a, a coaching perspective is try and limit your time in mourning. Uh, everyone's got their own time frame, uh, but at the same time, like there's probably something that's a little too excessive. And I'm going to be personal again here. My grandmother, when my grandfather passed away, she wore black for a year. And like, didn't really do productive stuff. She was just in mourning. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm Colombian. So like that side of the family is very traditional in some of those, I don't know, aspects or traditions, I guess. Uh, But that you don't need to do that. Uh, There's no one holding a gun to her head saying, you have to wear black today. You have to feel sad. You have to do nothing. And here's the other thing that I always thought whenever she was going through that. Would my grandfather be okay with that? Would he be okay right. with her dressing like that and feeling sad and down every day for a year? Probably not. Probably not. And and I mean, I, I would imagine that anyone could say the same thing about a loved one that they've lost. They, they Those loved ones that, are, that have gone, they would not feel okay if we sat there feeling sad about the fact that they're gone. They would want us to live life. Yeah. To continue moving forward. So just try and look at that in a different perspective when whenever we're talking about death. Um, and just try and try and let it go the best you can. I think this is this is a good time to talk about the the 
Buddha death video that mm. that that I watched and pulled up, and yep. I'm gonna try and like preface this story the best way I can. <laughs> um, it's not gonna be ver- verbatim here, but uh, more or less the story goes that uh, a woman had just recently lost her husband, and all of a sudden her son had passed away. And in the village, the villagers told her to take her son to the Buddha to maybe see if the Buddha could revive the son. And so uh, when the woman brings the son in, the Buddha said, okay, I can, I can revive your, your son, but I need you to do me one thing. It's very simple, uh, but it needs you to do one thing. Go into the village and collect mustard seeds and bring them back to me. But the mustard seeds have to come from a family or a home where no one has died. And so the woman goes out, she knocks on every door the entire day, and everyone has mustard seeds because in the area that's what they farmed, but no one has mustard seeds in a family or a house where someone has not died. Mm -hmm. And so she eventually came back to the Buddha and realized that death happens to us all. It's a natural part of life. And she she felt open to just, I don't know, hear the Buddha and, and whatever you want to talk about religious-wise. But the, the point of that story is that it happens to us all. We all have to realize that it's a normal part of life and try and perceive it in the most positive way possible. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a great story. It's a great video. It's simple and short, so it fits my attention span pretty well. Uh, um <laughs> But yeah, it just it's just a classic example, right? How and you could extrapolate that same story to literally any scenario where if something bad happens to you or something that you did not want to happen to you in your life, if you can go around and find a family that that same thing hasn't happened to over the course of their family history or or whatever, then you're lying. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I mean, literally anything. Job loss, breaking up with, uh, you know, a significant other, anything. It's they're just the things that happen to all of us that we all have to learn how to deal with, cope with, and let go of, so we can move on, learn from it, and get better. You just reminded me of something that uh, my grandfather used to say, and. He said that anytime we hold on to a negative emotion, if we if we keep it inside of us, it's like an acid that starts eating away at us internally. And if you hold in enough of those negative memories, those negative emotions, it gets to a point where you're going to lash out at someone or you're going to dive into some bad habits or make some bad decisions because your emotional state is compromised. Yeah. You need to release that. You need to cry. You need to talk to somebody. You need to... I don't know, get involved in a church or a local group, something that can help you just let it go and get it out of you in whatever way works best for you, in a healthy way that works best for you. Um, Because that way you're going to have lower levels of stress. Whenever you have lower levels of stress, you're not going to have heightened states of emotion. And whenever you have kind of normal states of emotion. You make better decisions. We don't usually make good decisions when we're in heightened states of emotion, whether yeah. they are negative states of emotion mm-hmm. or positive states of emotion. So just remembering to let certain things go, let it out, if that's a good term for you to hear. Um, 
but just to get it out of you um, so you're not holding on to that acid. Yeah, it's you saying that just remind me of hearing about the uh, kicking the cat syndrome. And mm-hmm. for those of for those of you that don't know or are unfamiliar with that, basic example there is, you know, we get chewed out at work or have an argument with a loved one or have you know have some other confrontation that gets us uh, hot under the collar, I guess you could say. You know, we boil, fume, can't let it go. The incident becomes part of, it starts that chain reaction. That's why they call it kicking the cat. And we take out the anger or the frustration, whatever it is that we're feeling on the next person who comes along. We cause them to get upset and they pass it on to the next victim. And it keeps snowballing and snowballing. Like, for example, if you are, you get mad after some conversation, you start tailgating somebody on the ride home, honking your horn at them. Now, you know, they get pissed and cut somebody off on the highway who then, um, it just, and then it snowballs from there until that last person gets home, sees the cat in frustration and kicks it for a, literally a reason <laughs> that they had nothing to do with that started off yep. with some guy, you know, that is 20 guys removed or, yep. or or girls removed from mm-hmm. the situation, and this dude just punts his cat just <laughs> at the end of it. So it's it's a goofy example, but it's I mean that that's why you can't sweat the small stuff. That small stuff is just the 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 gateway drug, I guess. It would be a good comparison to that. And you know, like like to your point, like you said, it's when too many of those small things build up, then you have a big problem or you say something that you actually regret or do something that is a lot harder to overcome than simply getting cut off by somebody on the highway. I think the other part to acknowledge here too, is that there's also a societal influence on what we should and should not react to. So kind of what I'm thinking of is, you're at work, someone sends an email that is maybe not worded in the best way, and you automatically think, oh, this person's attacking me, or <laughs> this person, this person's attacking someone else, and like that negative type of thought comes around. But that's that's society telling you that because we see that in the news, we see that whenever you talk to your supervisors or you're in big meetings in your company, you see that type of I don't know, uh, communication displayed across society and so you start to think that's normal and so you start to think okay i need to get upset when someone doesn't word things the right way but you you don't like it's 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 your choice you have a choice in that moment to choose a positive reaction or a negative reaction or hell just going down the middle and seek to understand figure <laughs> out what that person was saying mm-hmm. figure out why they they maybe didn't talk about this that or the other there's you have the choice even though in the moment it may not seem that way if you start to notice those choices notice what is and what is not in your control and start to focus on the positive responses you can actually start to realize what is not in your control and let it go easier because it'll be a lot more straightforward for you. It'll be a lot clearer. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, one, one quote that, that I wanted to read here was, uh, has to do with the past and, 
how a lot of us tend to hold on to things from the past. Um, maybe sometimes people talk about anxiety for the future or regrets they've had in the past. And this is the quote that I usually like to talk about whenever, whenever they, whenever I hear that in, in clients or friends or whoever it is. And so here's the quote. It says, no amount of regret can change the past and no amount of anxiety can change the future. Mm. So again, think about that. Realize that the past is the past and it's not influencing who you are today or, or it should not, even though it is part of you. And uh, another quote that actually came to mind, we talked about this, I think, earlier, uh, is one from Tony Robbins. And he says, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Yep. So if you keep replaying those past memories like, oh, this person did me wrong. Oh, this job could have gotten blah, blah, blah. And you start replaying those, you're going to get the exact same results that you have gotten up until that point. You have to notice those things, let those things go, let them be, let them stay in the past and create your own future. Um, and again, big part of that is just letting go of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, the past is finite, right? <clears throat> but the future is infinite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I don't know the whole past thing. I mean, obviously everybody has many different backgrounds and walks of life. And, but like you were saying, it's the ones that let their past define them. And that is who they are and always will be, even if it's they're just basing off of that over a few events. I mean, the other thing with that, too, is the past is merely data, right? If you look at it as just sure. a, a sequence of events or whatever, it's just data. And I believe that data cannot be more powerful than the data reader. Right, because the data reader Ooh. can read anything. I like that. Yeah, and like um, that. if that's the case, like you can choose what you keep, what you don't. Data you like or data you don't like. I mean, this isn't actual science. It's not like you can just ignore data <laughs> yeah. that doesn't fit you your hypothesis. Delete. You know, it, it's yeah. it's a little bit more fl fluid than that, but. That's, that's what it is. Just choose things that are empowering to you, and that's what you read about your past. That's that's what you choose to either accept, learn from, you know, whatever it's whatever you need to do to to become a better person. There, and I think one of the best examples of a guy that did not ever let his past define him is David Goggins. Dude, that. His book, I believe it's Can't Hurt Me, I believe yeah. is his newer book, right? Yeah, Can't Hurt Me. Or, yeah, I think it's Can't Hurt right. Me. First of all, the audiobook to that is amazing because it's like an audiobook slash podcast like combined. They like read some of the, the book and then they talk about it. Him, The guy that reads it, I think his name's Adam something. I can't remember what Adam's last name is. But they like talk together at, about it in a studio while they're reading it. So you get a taste of yeah, that's sweet. everything, you know, you hear David speak about why he put these things in the book a little bit more into depth. So that it's, it's an amazing listen. And 
mean, for those of you that are listening that don't know much about him, uh, check him out because he is a true source of inspiration to probably millions, I would say. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't think that that's low balling at all or nope. overreaching. <laughs> but no, I think that's right. Basically, his quick backstory, and obviously I'm not paraphrasing here, but he was working as a uh, bug. What was a bug killer called? Tur- tur- uh, it's not Terminator. I Terminator. Want to say Terminator. <laughs> uh, exterminator. Holy exterminator. cow! Yeah. Exterminator. <laughs> exterminator. Yeah. <laughs> just exactly that. Uh. And had this was post a little bit post military and had gotten heavy over like 300 pounds or something and just wasn't where he wanted to be in life and then got a second chance at a uh, a military opportunity and just went all out at it and is now the guy that you see see today and and the one thing that he says at the end of the book that just this talking about you know kind of letting go of your past and and becoming who you're supposed to be is he he describes that the only thing that he was afraid of was about when his judgment day was when he died and he he's a christian he believes in god he he said i pictured after after you die you go you're up into heaven at the gate and there's this big long line and at the end of the line there's god and then there's a big easel or a poster board. Now you can't really see what was on the poster board there, but because there were so many people in line and as he got closer and closer, he could see people's names on the, on the poster board. And eventually it was his turn and he sits down, you know, he's reading this poster. It says David Goggins says, you know, 180 some pounds impact millions, ultra marathoner, Navy seal, uh, all, all of this. And he's sitting there as this 300 pound exterminator who died early of a heart attack or something like that. And he's reading this and he's, and God's like, so what, what do you, what do you see on the, on the paper there? And he's like, that's, it's my name, but that's not me. And he goes, that's who you were supposed to be. And Ooh. he did, he, that's what he thought of. That was the one thing he was afraid of. And I mean, it's just, he's just an example of a strong-willed, strong-minded individual who just proves everybody wrong. And just true inspiration, great story. And that, that visualization there, like, really, really gets me sometimes. I think that's super powerful because one of the things that I feel like a lot of people can't let go of or have trouble letting go of is regret. And so they, they get to like a point where they're maybe making a little progress on a goal and then they slip up. And so they're like, oh man, I wish I would have done that. And then two days go on and they're like, oh man, I wish I would have done some of the last two days. And then a month's gone by and they haven't done anything. Like you have to let go of that, that regret and that, that wishful, like I should have done this. No, you could just, just do it now. It's, it's, it's okay that you didn't do it on someone else's timeline. It's your life. You have the control over that. Just because your parents may be pushing you to do something doesn't mean you have to do it on their timeline. Um, Obviously you need to keep healthy decisions in mind and try not to hurt others and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
but don't don't regret your past and don't regret what you've done in the present to get to where you are the the only thing that we can control is this moment and how we proceed going forward uh, yeah. and to your point like that is a great visualization and i would definitely highly recommend that anyone who hasn't heard of david goggins to go check him out because uh, he will he will definitely light a fire under your ass. If, <laughs> yeah. if you if you have it, if you have it, I kind of want to I kind of want to talk about the Instagram post with the toothpaste. Oh, Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay. So uh, his his Instagram posts are, uh, I guess it's his wife that's recording him, but he's running. Most of them, yeah. Right? Yep. Guy is probably on mile like ninety thousand, <laughs> and he's running, and he's like, I need to talk to you guys about something that happened to do with my girl. She went in, used the toothpaste. It was running low, and so she threw it out. I went in there a little while later, looking for the toothpaste, asked her where it was, and she said it was in the trash. I went in, grabbed that motherfucker, cut that bitch, scraped out, rolled it real tight, and showed her that we got a week's worth of toothpaste in here. <laughs> I, he's like, I don't, I don't waste shit. And, and like the way that he talks is so intense and it's awesome. But like his message is don't don't waste anything like that. And and he links it to your energy, your mentality, the goals that you have in mind, the things that you set out and want to do in the day. He relates that that toothpaste tube to life. And the way that he says it is awesome. And the, every every. Uh, Instagram post he finishes with uh, "Stay hard," yeah. <laughs> like it's like a kicking the kicking the ass. <laughs> like, yes, I'm gonna go do this. He's crazy in the yeah. best way possible. In the best way possible. And yes. Did you did you? I heard this the other day. Did you know that? I think it's in this. First of all, he has a ton of money, very well set off, and deserves every bit of it. Yeah. And just for fun, in the summers, he goes out west to fight wildfires. Yes, and he, I heard this. he like hikes out there. He pitches a tent and just sleeps outside for like forever, and just fights wildfires for fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and so for people that don't know what that that entails, uh, what I remember him describing in the podcast was you basically are digging a trench to separate the food source from the incoming fire, so that it stops on a line. And so what these guys yeah. will do is dig a trench that's like three, four feet wide for miles. And he, this guy, Goggins, was talking about digging a trench for 17 hours straight. He did, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just, I just like putting in work. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? This guy. I know. What are you on, dude? Holy cow. I know. And here I am about ready to go to bed and didn't do my – 20 push-ups for the day and it's like yeah. oh and this dude's out digging for 17 yeah it's yeah he he will make you feel very small but it's a really good feeling yep but um and why i guess with that all in mind and keeping the story of david goggins and everything that we've mentioned why do you think people focus on things that are mainly out of their control i mean like why why is it so difficult to let go I think one of the top reasons, especially for some smaller, th I mean, I guess you could make it bigger decisions, bigger events as well, is if you focus on and get mad about something that's out of your control and that's what you're choosing to focus on, 
I think subconsciously you are saying that you're not at fault. It's not my fault that all of this stuff happened. It's not because I'm not really in control of it. This is what I can focus my anger on. And it's not the three decisions that I made that led to this event that caused it to happen. It's now it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's weird because you're realizing that it's out of your control, but you're taking it as, why does this happen to me? Well, I'm the only one that it happens to. And it's, I think it's a subconscious thing that you focus on as just a, a get out of jail free card almost as to be able to point the blame at somebody else. I think that's a great perspective. A lot of people don't take ownership of their mm -hmm. actions and realize like, no, there's certain things that you could have done differently that may have ended in a different result or a better result. Um, I definitely think that's part of it. I think that unfortunately our upbringing, our families play into that. Maybe yeah. the, the values that our family taught us, that type of thing kind of shapes how we see the world and how we react in certain situations. But again, one of the beauty of living, uh, one of the yeah beautiful things about living in this age is we have access to all of the information in the world. We can literally pull this stuff up mm -hmm. in an instant. And so if you want to find stories about great families that showed their kids love and taught them good values and taught them how to let go of things that they couldn't control, you'll realize that like there's another option. Like, you don't have to get mad at things that you have no control over. But I think I think that's a great point. Just people don't take ownership about stuff. They love, love pointing <laughs> fingers. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Um, and it's as simple as just understanding how to deal with those things and uh, just a little kind of a process to, to run through when you're trying to work on being able to let go of things that are, that are out of your control. And I remember one of the things that I, that I had read a while back was, I don't know if these were the same words that the author used, but called it event response action to where you have an event. And I'll give a good example here that happened to me two days ago is you have an event that happens. You just look at it from that 30,000 foot view of like, okay, what actually happened here? If I remove myself from the event, then you come up with, okay, how do I choose to respond to this event? And then, if I need to take action, like what do I do? So good little fast example here is driving home from work and I am turning left at this stoplight. So like most people do when you drive, you pull out into the intersection when you have a green light and you're waiting to turn because there's oncoming traffic, right? You don't just stop at the line and just wait for the light to go red and try again next time. No, you get, yeah. get your ass out there. Get ready. Yep. <laughs> get ready to turn. Yeah. Now there's one, there's one other car in front of me, but he pulled like way out there. So I was like, Oh, I got room. So I started pulling out and then light goes to yellow. So it's like, all right, time to go. Meanwhile, I kid you not. There are five cars that like literally run this red light going the other direction. So we can't turn. Yeah. We're kind of, we're kind of stuck. And yeah. so then the light goes, obviously it's been red, you know, three more cars go by and then we start to turn, and then this lady to my left side of the intersection is coming out and is, like, blasting her horn at me because I'm still finishing my turn. And I'm like, what the hell, lady? 
Like, did you not? Did you not just see the whole series of events here? It's not like I'm just sitting in front of your car because I don't like you. I don't even know you, and I probably will never see you again. But so event thirty thousand foot view. If I'm this lady, it's like, oh, I should look at everything. Like, oh wow, it's a red light, and five other cars just ran it, and these guys are already in the intersection with people behind them, so they're gonna have to turn. So maybe I should just. Wait a minute. Wait. And not get yeah. mad <laughs> to mm-hmm. and go. And then it's to put it on on myself and I just need to respond with like, okay, she clearly does not see the big picture there at all and didn't see all of the things that happened and is just in her own little tunnel vision there. So I'm not going to get mad at her for honking at me when clearly she didn't understand the situation. So right. it's just a simple little thing just to take a deep breath like you usually say is breathe try to not be emotional when you're deciding to react because that instance that event right there is one of the steps for kicking the cat if, yep. if i let yeah, that could have yeah if i let that piss me off and then i get yeah. home i walk in the door and i've got megan and our my, my wife megan and our four-month-old at the door like hey daddy's home and i'm like hi how was your like, day? Uh, great. It was just great. Now, get out of the way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to go over well. But some of you might be laughing at that. You might be laughing at that, but I bet that happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just like that lady didn't really look at the entire situation, I feel like a lot of us try and look at a micro moment or um, – I don't know, just not look at the the bigger picture. So that's a great example. Um, And one of the things that that we like to ask with, with our topics here is how does, how does letting go of what we can control if more people did that, or if that was more prevalent in, in the world, how would that impact society? Is that, is that something that where we would say some like drastic change in, in the world and politics or is that, I don't know. What do you what comes to mind when you hear that question? I think that there because we've been talking about it a lot already, just the whole thing with primarily of letting go of, of your past, your past actions and, and stuff, not you know, the small little events of like traffic incidents and whatnot, but I think that too many people hold on to who they feel like they were yesterday. And not who they could be today and tomorrow. And I think that is a part of our society right now because of, if you look at every single political campaign or anything, it's all about, hey, this person 20 years ago tweeted this or, well, I don't know if Twitter was around 20 years ago, but said this and so that's who they are or they they know somebody that was part of the KKK and they went to grade school together so they're a racist and it's if people could let go of pasts and and then when they can do that they can realize too that hey just because I know you from high school or grade school or something and you were like a bully then or you were a a dick or something or a great person 
if I see you 25 years down the road, you could be totally different, mm -hmm. completely different person because, hey, newsflash, we learn things every day. We change our associations. People can start reading books, start listening to, you know, two guys like us talk about stuff and, yep. and really start to, to learn and grow and, and, and realize that you can change these things. And if that was a whole encompassing societal norm or foundation, I don't think people would continually attack people for past actions. Now, yeah. Obviously, there's past actions that you you know you shouldn't do. Like if you kill Can't somebody, really get yeah. get murders murders a thing. You know, yeah. I'm not talking about that, but just for you know words that you say, some some gesture you might I don't, whatever. It's people can change. Let's let them do that. I think it's a that's a great point because a lot of people do look at a line of text from six years ago and think that that line of text defines that person who said it exactly down to a T. And that's, that's ridiculous. Um, obviously like if, if someone six years ago said, I hate, and then name a race, that's probably bad. But at the same time, like, just like we talked about, they could have had a epiphany the following day, realized that they were an absolute idiot and now they do community work with different races. They've built a school. Like you have no idea what has happened since that person said that thing mm -hmm. on the internet. Um, and I think what comes to mind for me in terms of how this impacts society is, I think if more people realized and let go of things that they can't control, they would be able to focus more on things that they can and realize where they could actually make change in their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we talked about this before, but you can't, you can't force anyone to change. Yep. You have to start small and you have to influence change. Yep. So when you start to realize like, okay, that person's Twitter page is crazy. Regardless of what I say, I'm not going to change what they can do. That person has got a bajillion dollars, no matter how much I want that myself, that's not going to change my current financial situation. So what can I do? to change my surroundings, to change how I think. And that's where I think a lot of those people would start to notice change. Maybe they go out and plant a community garden or they right. host a community event or something like that. And they start with themselves mm -hmm. instead of trying to force others to change. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a great point. And it's just like, I, you know who Daryl Davis is, right? You're, Joe Rogan uh, talk think... about him sometimes. Uh, yeah. So he's yeah, yeah. the he's a, a black musician. I th believe he's a pianist. I think pianist. Yeah. Yeah. But he he literally sits down with current KKK members, has a conversation with them or a few conversations with them. You know, have a coffee or grab a a beer or, or a drink or something with them, and then they they leave. They leave the the clan. I mean, wow. talk about influencing change, and that's yeah. a pretty drastic change. But yeah, seriously, it's I, and I can't specifically cite a bunch of examples like I've, I've heard off the top of my head. But yeah, he he's pretty well known for that. Um, so I think I saw something about that, and and yeah, like 
I think the one thing I remember was he had talked to the same guy for something like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And like, it was a slow process. The yeah. first meeting, like the guy walked out on him mm-hmm. um, and wasn't acknowledging him or whatever, but slowly over time, like got to realize that he's just a person like the rest of us. Right. And, uh, and eventually to your point, I think he did leave the clan. So but that it's, it's amazing it's what what he's what he's doing and what he can do to influence change with just being a normal human being you know i'm sure it's nothing special it's just hey i'm a regular person too yep. <laughs> guy's got major cojones for no people too no kidding us yeah that would be i'm not ready for that i wouldn't be able to do something that uh monumental you want to set up the the duel of the day? Talk about a yeah. little little priming. Yeah, so you know a lot more about priming than I do, but okay. The I'll give for for the people that that are uh, listening that understand my idiot English better than your <laughs> smart English. I'll give it I'll give it a shot here first, but. Sure. Basically, so it's we, we were we've been watching a, a Tony Robbins priming video, and it's sort. It, I guess it doesn't have to be a morning ritual, right? It could be technically kind of no. any time of day, but probably a little bit more impactful in the morning. Yeah, I think that's the best because the idea is that whenever you're doing this process, you're increasing oxygen and blood flow, and when you do that in the morning, it's a lot more impactful than yeah. the middle of the day. When in the morning, like you have your resting heart rate, it's things are a lot slower internally mm-hmm. than they are in other parts of the day, but absolutely, you could do this at any point. Yeah, so I think the, the basic premise is, like you just said, that getting that oxygen and blood flow going in the morning, um, there, there's a breathing exercise along with some really interesting arm movements. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Tied along with it. It's a shoulder yep. workout and a half. Yeah, it is. And then I'm pretty sure, doesn't he throw in um, some kind of affirmation or some kind of like phrases or something to kind of just, and not to use the word in the definition, but but just get your body and your mind primed for the day. And good. He talk he talks about gratitude and appreciation yeah. and trying to like just connect with everyone and everything in your life, being grateful for it, being appreciative of it, and that that's gonna change like I don't know, the way you, the way you feel, your in your emotion for the day, just and the idea behind the priming video, and we'll post it in the description, is to kickstart your day mm-hmm. get a, a burst of oxygen in your system get some extra blood flowing start off the day being super thankful and appreciative of everything in your life and if you're just thinking about that what that would be like in the morning your morning hours are going to be great even if you claim you're not a morning person that would probably wake you up or at least start to a lot faster than the cup of coffee you may be about to drink and then it just kickstarts your day. You'll roll into those early morning hours a lot more, a lot fresher, um, ready to just take on whatever happens, be appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. It's a really good and powerful way to start the day. What, one thing I do want to add to this is that the video that we'll post is like 16 minutes long. 
you do not have to do the entire the the entire session. Yeah. Uh, although it is very powerful, uh, I would recommend if you do have 20 minutes or so to sit down and give it a try. Uh, but for your mornings, you don't have to wake up a half hour early to do this. If you need to do a five to ten minute thing, uh, that's totally fine. And as as Tony Robbins, I, I think he was the one that said this: is if you don't have 10 extra minutes, you don't have a life. So true. Go ahead and give it a shot and tell us what you think. Yeah, and it's I think too it, it primes you to deal with the the small stuff that might throw you off off keel on your morning commute because for a lot of people that sucks. Um, doesn't really bother me too much when you're driving in the dark dark in the morning, but it's um, yeah no one on the road. Yeah, it's kind of nice, but it, it's just a great way to to start with the positives. You know, I always feel like you've got to put in two or three positives for every negative that comes into your brain. And if you can start with like six, that means you got two to three freebies that just kind of bounce off you. Yeah. You know, that's a great, yeah. So, but that, give it a shot. It's a, it's, it's it's a cool exercise and you'll, you'll get some big shoulders if you do it. Yeah. (laughs) Huge. If if you do it a lot. Huge shoulders. But, but yeah, so, Thanks everyone again for listening here to to Duel the Day and stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about limiting beliefs and giving everybody another Duel of the Day to to empower their own lives and, and be a little challenge and be sure to subscribe at dueladay.com, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff so you guys never miss anything and I'm gonna wrap this one up with a, a little quote from my guy Anonymous says, we can't be afraid of change. You may feel very secure in the pond that you are in, but if you never venture out of it, you will never know that there is such a thing as an ocean, a sea. Holding on to something that is good for you now may be the very reason why you don't have something better. So we'll see you next time on Duel the Day. And as always, begin the duel, win the day. Peace! Peace!